podcast about life. Life. He wants the best for you. He'll challenge you, annoy you, and make you think. Welcome to the Your Brother Mike podcast, where you become your own hero. Honored to talk to you, man. I know we had a few conversations before, and they get pretty, pretty intense. Uh, but it's it's a honor on my side, you know, to be able to speak with you for for a little longer now. Oh man, I've been excited for this talk because I was gonna we we're gonna do this anyways, you know, right? So because I, you know, oh, you're oh. right. You're in, you're an interesting guy to me. Um, hey, you know, same way from you. So that's. We attract so, each other, huh? right? So, how's uh, Oklahoma treating you? Is it hot? It's, it's fair. It's not hot. You know, the weather here it's uh, it's crazy because you have the cold wind and the hot wind meet pretty often. That's why it's so popular on tornadoes and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but main reasons because of winds. So you you have one week that it gets cold, you know, and then all of a sudden it just flips the weather. But it, I mean. A lot of states run with the same issue. The only thing is that right here is so plain, so the winds get pretty wild. Right. There's nothing to there's nothing nothing to stop them. It just goes straight yeah. straight through well, the state. Hot and the cold wind they meet, and that's when you have all those those uh, rotations coming in. But it's not until those rotations get closer to the ground that it gets pretty severe. Right. Yeah, like uh, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah so so you moved from mexico when you're a teenager but you were born in texas that's right so man quite a journey yeah it's right? it's it's well i mean it's one of them right but yeah i was born in texas like you just mentioned uh, but when i was right around four as far as i remember you know that's when my parents decided to move back to mexico my dad opened his uh its own business in Mexico, but he had it for a while. And uh, I mean, it wasn't until they got divorced that actually before they got divorced that we moved back to, to we started in New Mexico. Then my dad had another, another job opportunity in Colorado. So we moved from there to Colorado. And I think when we were in Colorado, it's when my parents, uh, you know, they had an argument. They, 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 they got into divorce. I really didn't get too much in the subject until now, you know, after I asked my parents. But, I mean, all I knew is that they were not happy, right? So, I was 12 at a time. So, my mom, I was just following my mom. She moved back to Texas, and that's where I pretty much uh, grew up most of my time. Well, my my dad is the one that had, uh, a, still had a business going in Mexico and still working here. So, as he was traveling, I guess, one of those times that he was doing so, he got into uh, one of the one of the guys that he was coming with, you know, was carrying uh, uh, drugs, you know, something illegally. So he got he they, they lock him in jail. But when he got locked up, that's when my mom, uh, my mom and them, they got in a phone conversation, and they pretty much we pretty much ended up going back to Mexico to help the business stay out and float because my dad has uh, urban buses which is not publicly yet. Now they're public, but it used to be private sector. And uh, you had, he had up to seven of them and they just pretty much do round trips around the city, you know, and they so, charge so, passenger. 
so transit like passenger buses yes yeah yeah okay and it was, so so it was, you kind of you, you grew up seeing him do his entrepreneur thing and then you gotta <clears throat> this is just like uh what interests me so much about you is because you know you in the oil fields right yes, working sir, in an yeah. oil rig and then you and then i saw that you had uh rental atv rental business yep. atv rental that's right that you, yep. you uh you scaled up and sold that eventually yeah and now i see you flipping houses all day every day on your instagram hey yeah um uh, and that's the that's the one thing you know i noticed he wasn't really forced to i i'm so thankful for my parents because they were they never forced me to do nothing they never told me what to do they never guide me on anything but what I can see it was just an example from, from looking at my dad. You know, my dad had the work ethics and my mom, she's like the most kind person. You know, she'd rather hurt herself than, than someone else. So it was a good mix, you know, obviously not because they ended up splitting up, but it was a good mix to be b- between them. But I'm so thankful for the freedom they gave me. They let me do anything. Um, I mean, they were strict in some parts, but on like what I was going to do with my life and all that, they really never uh, pushed me to something. So that kind of let me test here and there uh, things, you know, in life. Right. But I guess from my dad's experience and from watching him, you know, I guess that's where I, uh, when I got on the oil field, like you said, that's where, where I hit bottom. I figured I had to do something about it. And luckily I came across that audio book. Uh, the audiobook which is rich that poor that mm. i mean it was, just, was that this was uh seven years ago seven, seven years, years ago okay. <clears throat> yeah but uh but i mean it was it was i think the reason it got me pretty good was because i mean it was i was in an, emo, in an emotional uh place mm-hmm. i was recently going through a divorce and obviously yep. this was 2014 the oil field which is like the price per barrel of oil went from 120 to like $60, which slows a lot of drilling down in the United States. Yeah. So I was doing pretty good. And then obviously I had, I got uh, promoted back down a spot, you know, I mean, it was obviously not a lot of money, but it was good money for me back then. Right. So I wasn't bringing enough money and the, the board's going on losing my kids custody i just it was just more emotionally thing i think that's the reason that when i listened to that one audiobook he uh he sunk in my brain so good i had the first overall mm-hmm. moment right right did you did you do a lot of reading before then because mm-hmm. you know if i we've we've talked a lot about books right mm-hmm. yes because you're, you're constantly reading i'm constantly reading and not just not just business or personal development but you read economics politics history you know like is that kind of when your reading took off well this is well i'm glad you asked that i mean like i mentioned like when we moved back to mexico this is something really interesting because when we moved to mexico there was not a school that would take me in at that point i was in high school but there was no school that would take me in and one reason was because my nationality was not from mexico you have to get something that is called like a postillado where you pretty much become a, you, you, they were able to give you two nationalities. 
at that year they were not taking any of them so any school would take me it's funny because over here you're you're welcome to have a school they're so nice people don't get that part but when you're right. in mexico they they pretty much kicked me out there was one school that that actually got me in and it took me for one quarter of the year when they're taking the scores you know of your grades to your parents they wouldn't give them to my mom after we pay for the scholarship and everything they wouldn't give it mm -hmm. to me because is this document is called the curb which is just like the social security but in mexico so i was out of school and at that point you know i'm 15 years old just drinking driving doing all kinds of stuff right i mean i figured my life was going to be different because i grew up on that thinking from other people that yeah you gotta have scholarship degree or some kind of document to be able to make more money so i mean that's why i ended up working instead of doing something different so but, so they had a, a policy that didn't allow you to go to school how come yeah. you didn't throw a fit and like call them racist and like all this stuff <laughs> i wish i could man no it's not that easy <laughs> there over there yeah there's not a i don't think free speech is as good as uh, the constitution here in the united states um I mean, all these kind of all these things that happened in life was pretty pretty good. It did because it make me uh, appreciate what we have here. You know, I kind of see what's going on here. What do you but mean? Going back to the book subject, you know, I never hmm. touch a book cover to cover or anything. I mean, the first book that I listened to was an audiobook, and then it was just nothing but audiobooks. I'd be driving to the drilling rig, listening to audiobooks, and I think it started with the small book. And it's the way different when you're reading it because when you're listening to an audiobook, you know, you gotta make sure the narrative or whoever's the whoever's saying the book uh keeps the story going pretty good. If it's not a right. narrative, I mean it gets boring. I'm not gonna lie. You can zone out quick. Book, you know, you pretty much make up everything you want in your mind. So it's it kind of explodes in there. Way different than listening to it or or just having a, uh, someone telling you the book. Now, one thing I learned later, you know, you can read so many times faster than you can listen to an audiobook. So it's it's another comp about reading books. And yeah, plus, some people like... <laughs> some some people say the opposite. Some people like audiobooks because they can speed it up, you know. Mm -hmm. But for me myself, mm -hmm. if the narrator, if the narration sucks. I zone out and I don't learn anything because I'm like, oh, it's been 15 minutes and I'm just barely listening. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. It's, it is hard. If the narrative is boring or it's an old man, you know, or, or someone that just can't keep up with the story. I like yeah. it when the authors tell the book, you know, it sounds pretty good because yeah. you can feel the emotion as right. they're writing the book, telling the book. But when it's someone else saying it, it's, it, you know, it's just not as, as interested as as reading it but yeah i mean i i mean i do i do listen to a, a third speed and so but yeah uh i go back i think you can read way faster than you can listen to you know yeah do you um so are you bilingual then since you lived in your lived in mexico lived in the united states and you moved back to the states kind of like right in your teenage years so you probably had years of just speaking spanish and then you come back and you have to like try to get up to speed or were you, did you speak English and Spanish the whole, your whole life? 
I know. I mean, my accent's messed up either way, Spanish or English. <laughs> and I guess the reason is because I've been moving back and forth. So I was, uh, I didn't speak, I didn't speak until I was like six years old or five. You know, I, it was mm. for me. I was a slow speaker. Uh, okay. I'm still, or I can say that. But uh, yeah, my accent was screwed up either way. So I had issues here and there. And again, I didn't, I didn't finish any. I didn't finish high school or I didn't finish anything on, on scholarship. You know, I, I was pretty right. much the way I was looking at life. I'm like, you know, I'm screwed. You know, I, I, so right. I went for the best job instead, which it was back then it was all fuel making good money. You know, that's an employee. I move up pretty quick. I loved it, you know, with the passion. Uh, my, my goal, you know, back then was to be on the oil field, you know, just like when I started renting the ATVs, I kind of wanted to buy a drilling rig and rent it out, just just like just like that. But <laughs> right. it wasn't until I came up with the book, you know. Uh, actually, it was a biography from Elon by Ashley. Mm. I kind of flipped my flipped my way on the oil field. Like, yeah, this that book is like the one book that will tell you what the future is gonna be. So it was a pretty good book. Right. Yeah. I uh, what so what was that like as a kid coming from Mexico, coming back in the middle of middle school? You know, what was that like? Couldn't have been easy. No, it's not easy. Um, it's just, it's that, that little fear, you know, the, that nervous kind of part. But I'm, I guess I'm used to it, you know, because my parents kept moving back and forward so many times. But, um, but it's, it's, it's a scary thought and feeling. But I mean, just like a lot of people say, you know, if you're going through the hard times or you're going through something scary, why would you want to stop there? You know, you just want to keep going, try to get out of there as much as you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. At least get out alive. Mm -hmm. And I can do that by just giving up and like folding. Yeah. Now, what about you, Mike? I mean, you are, uh, I mean, you're blue collar, right? You, you, what is your profession? Oh, you so I, I'm actually, so I work in a blue collar industry which I started in because I wanted to be, like learn a trade so that I'm very useful in my own home, you know? Yes. But then I ruptured my ACL, MCL in my meniscus when I was playing basketball. Mm. And then I, I ended up kind of hanging around the office cause they're helping me, you know, keep a paycheck going and stuff. And I'm overhearing all the business meetings and like kind of just tuning into the problems that they're having and my whole career before that was all sales and marketing management. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, I could solve that problem. I could solve that problem. I see a gap here. Mm -hmm. uh, would you let me try a couple of those things and try to implementing a couple of things? And they just worked really well. And, and then eventually became just a, now they have a marketing position at a, a heating and cooling plumbing company, which I don't think a lot of plumbers have marketing positions it's hard yeah i've seen i've seen a few of them and you know the ones they do it they're they're pretty they're doing pretty good in the marketplace yeah uh, yeah it's not easy neither you know i know i know your job because we deal with a bunch of them uh, right but when you well, just them, think you know, hmm? just try to think about selling plumbing like you talking yeah. about the the service or just the the materials the or service the, right service? like yeah. sell it to the retail customer no one gives a shit unless there's poop floating through your living room. <laughs> yeah, once they get on problems, you know, yeah, they, they have to call someone. 
But uh, no, I mean, there's there's a lot to do with it, you know, and I'm kind of learning about it, you know, especially the coats and everything. The main reason for all these coats is for your safety, you know, or so you don't run into issues in your house. A bad plumbing issue can can I mean, you have a water leak on the on the, on, on a house, especially here in the United States, made out of wood. Yeah, you you're gonna run into a long term problem if you don't have something that's up to code and for safety, you know. So they're looking out for you. In the, in yeah, the, the, the plumbing, all the mechanical, right? The plumbing, heating, and cooling, that's like the immune system of your home. Yeah, they, that's right. Hey, that sounds pretty good. I like Just that. like the it air, is. right? The digestion, yeah. just circulating new, <laughs> fresh air, getting mm -hmm. rid of the old shitty sewage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Yeah. Now, what would you call those the things for granted? What would you call the electricians? Your blood? Is it your blood flow? Or... Right, I guess. No, nervous huh. system. Your nervous system. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Electrical I mean, I like that. Yeah. So how long you been doing that? I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it is my, it was my lifelong career pretty much. So it's, uh, it's fun. I work for a really, really good company. You know, I kind of have the, I have an entrepreneur mindset where I just don't ever want to work for anybody. But like these people are so legit like family business and like they take care of me so well that if i'm gonna try listen i'm gonna go out of my shield i'm gonna try a ton of different entrepreneurial things you know but if i if i had to stick with a job and just work the nine to five until i retire it'd be with a, this company that's awesome i don't i don't respect a lot of management teams or like ownership because i've seen a lot of different things you know yes but um but this company, I'm just like, hmm, you guys are no, way I mean, too nice. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel you because uh, the, the oil company I was with, I mean, I, I loved it with with the passion. Like I said, I was like 100% with them. And, um, but I feel, you know, when I read this, the audiobook, you know, uh, I was thinking, what are you, if I can put 100% on someone else's company, you know, which are good, they're great to me. I said, I wonder how much can I put on myself, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I can do more than that. And sure enough, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I learned so much from that company. I mean, just work ethics and it, I mean, it's the, it's the good things about a job. You know, you've learned so many skills from a job. You don't learn that right. from school. The thing about a job is that, I mean, you prepare you in life. You get to earn skills. And the good thing about a job, if you don't like it, you can, it's voluntarily each job. You can always find another job. Right. But, uh, the more you learn, you know, obviously, just like the quote from Warren, you know, the more you will earn. So it's always good to learn a skill. It's always good to learn something new. And uh, I have nothing against the job. I'm actually, I mean, jobs are good, you know, the more jobs, the better. But yeah, I'm, I am, you know, skeptical with all these regulations they're making. And, and uh, seems like it's getting harder to find just any job for a lot of people. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be crazy. And I want to be an entrepreneur. You know, I well, want to make. Are. I mean, I, I just want to build your books, something. Uh, yeah, your 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 underdog books. I mean, you're already an author. You know, that's that's already uh, you're already a creator or something, which is yeah, awesome. You know, mm -hmm. but we need an underdog, coffee and books in every big city in America. One day, you're you sparked light already. I'll be I'll be glad to be there. I got all the plans in my head. I just need to figure out how to make it happen. 
and uh, one step at a time, you know, that's the one mm-hmm. thing you got to keep in mind is I'm not a patient man, you mm-hmm. know? So, and these things, if you're going to dream big, it takes a long time to build something big, a lot more than you would, anybody would ever imagine, you know, once you get in from, mm-hmm. you just break ground from nothing, right? It's insane amount of work. And I think people kind of take that for granted, even just knowing like how to negotiate a lease or like <laughs> any of those things. Anything. Yes. I mean, anything, everything takes a skill. And uh, best way to learn skill is, you know, obviously by mistakes. And the one thing I learned, you know, you don't, they don't have to be your mistakes, you know? Right. I mean, you got them all written down right behind you. Yeah. You can go through them and you learn something. I mean, you're, it's obviously about taking risk, but it's more about managing risk. So once you learn, you know, some of those skills, what happened, I mean, it's a loophole, right? Mm-hmm. But again, I do believe, you know, in action a lot. It's not like I'm going to read, I can be reading a book about bicycles, right? I can be right. learning all about bicycles, how they are, was the best one, what kind is good, you know? But it's not until I jump in the bicycle that I'm going to actually learn. I might have some clue now on how to use it, but I won't be able to use it right or perfect until I jump in the bicycle and actually take it. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's the same thing, you know, for anything you want to do. And there's the beauty about it. Love- some things you need to experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can talk about like, um, here's how you balance. You just keep going forward and that way you don't tip over. Mm-hmm. But how you'll learn that for sure is by falling down. True. Like, exactly. oh, shit, they are telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, yeah, I mean, I fully agree. And, I mean, that pretty much says you will fall, you know. There's always a lot of problems um, on anything. I mean, yeah. that it's not that I love to run into problems, but, I, I mean, the way I look at them, you know, it's a way to learn quicker because, I noticed that the more it hurts, it's it's more likely that you won't forget it at all. It's gonna sink in your brain. When it's something really casual and just keeps you going, it's gonna happen again, actually, until it happens it happens in a good, affecting way that it it will damage or I mean you don't have to damage, but it'll 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 you will feel it and emotionally, yeah, you'll remember for sure next time. But uh mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's part about doing it, you know, and when they say fail, you know, it, I mean, it's not saying just go straight to fail, but because failure will teach you the lesson better. Right. So why do you, so some people will stop reading when they experience a little bit of success, right? And you're, you're doing a good job with your flipping business. And why do you keep reading when you can just like, you could just learn how to do that one thing, and then, you know, as long as you got money in the bank, you're good to go. Well, I mean, I just realized how little I know, and that's the one thing you want to, that I hate to listen to. When I got my friends or someone, they're, they're saying that, man, you're doing so good. Well, oh, my God, you're way up there. That's awesome. You know, you pretty much want to just cover your ears when you hear that stuff. You don't want to feel right. comfortable. The moment you feel that you're up there, you're out of the game. I swear you, you pretty much out of the game. Someone's going to outbeat you and I don't do it for competition, but I just, um, I, I, I did putting a lot of the 10 X formula. Yeah. I pretty much 
my goal, what it was, I just multiply it 10 times, you know, so I know what I want. So every time I do something small, like a house or anything, is definitely know what I want. So I'm not comfortable yet. And I don't want to reach that yet. But <laughs> yes, I mean, if people tell me that stuff, they, they, they say that I'm doing great, I'm doing awesome, that I'm there. I just try to avoid that. You know, I don't listen to that voice. I just yeah, I mean, right. I listen to them, but I just don't take it in. Like, no, no. You, hey, bring me, back to your, bring me back to your first purchase. What was my what? Your first purchase or your first flip. Um, it was a Airbnb. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. I'll go back on that. I was, when I first read the book, I was more into, obviously, because the book is pretty much teaching you on real estate side. So I did want right. to do real estate. But at the same time, obviously, I had no money. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, I was going through a divorce. And I, you know, the boards are not good. You have to pretty much to look out for the kids, which I fully agree with that. So uh, at that time, my ex-wife, she had the custody of the kids. So we had to uh, sell all the uh, pretty much everything we had. Mm-hmm. It was just this one four-wheeler that it was not selling. One reason the price was way up there. And another reason, you know, nobody was buying it. So I had to keep it, you know, and I never even used it. I had that thing for a year. It was just a microwash and I'd be paying every month to the bank because it was a loan on it. So when I read the book, you know, it just pretty much the main, the main thing I learned is uh, how to change your liability into an asset. And I learned about cash flow. So I wanted a house, obviously, but first thing I did when I came back was to list that ATV on Craigslist for rent. And I, I actually didn't thought I was going to rent. Uh, but Sure enough, a few months later, you know, I got a phone call from 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 a lady that she rented for me plenty of times after it. She called me and she was like, hey, I noticed you have uh, an ATV for rent. Like, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I forgot about it. It was like two months later. Right. <laughs> like, don't worry. Right. So I, I, my first phone call was this lady and say, yeah, I said, well, when can we pick it up? I said, well, you can come today. Where's it at? It was in my garage. So, yeah, you can come to my garage. We look at it. So when they showed up, it was just a little SUV. Well, they don't have, they don't even have a trailer to haul it. So I was like, okay, so how are you going to haul it? So, well, we don't know. She said, <laughs> we just want to rent it. It's like, oh, my God. Then, I mean, at, at that moment, you know, my light bulb came saying like, well, you can rent my trailer for additional $30 a day. They think right. rent for $200 a day. But at that, at that time, you know, I didn't know nothing about, uh, damage deposits or anything like that. So yeah, how to limit your liability? Yeah, yeah, a, a big liability. Well, she she's looking at it, and I'm hooking up the trailer, and you know, I just took a picture of her ID and her name. Uh, then I asked her, "Have you ever drove one of those before?" She's like, "Never." <laughs> at that oh, moment, I'm like, "Oh, my, I mean, oh my god!" I mean, well, let's let's turn it on and let you drive it for a little bit. When she turned it on, I mean, I don't know. She almost crashed that thing right there in front of me. Right. You know? And I was like, I loaded up and she was going to rent it for three days. And she was going to go camping. And That's a nice chunk of money, man. I'm, I'm, well, this is where emotion comes in, right? Because I was like this close. I was like this close. My mind just, just beating myself. Like, don't do it. She's going to wreck it. You're going to lose the ATV for trying trying something this crazy 
And I was like, okay, go ahead and take it. You know, she took it for three days. Those three days, I, I was so nervous. You know, I couldn't sleep well. But when, when she came back, um, as soon as she pulled in my driveway, I seen the ATV was still full, right? A little bit of dust. I turned it on and I rode the miles and hours. So I noticed she only rode it. She only drove that thing for five miles. And then I look at the hours, not even an hour. And I was like, I look at her and I ask her, was everything all right? She gave me a big smile. Oh my God. Yes. We loved it. I said, well, I mean, do you, do you use it? Yeah. I mean, most time we were just, we were camping. We parked it. We didn't use it a lot, but we loved it. And I was like, I just made $600 in three days and she only used it for five miles. Oh my God. I mean, as soon as that, you know, the dopamine hit my brain, I was just writing papers about renting this thing out and all this. And you know, I mean, from that moment, you know, one comes in, one fender's coming off, then I start charging deposit, you know, and this came in, then they try to suit my name, then I started making my LLC. But uh, with that one ATV, I mean, I had it for a year, and it paid itself off. It paid itself well, of course. off. <laughs> yeah. But after one year, you know, you buy the second one. But once you have two, it's not going to take you a year to buy the third one. It's actually going right. to take you half a year. So then you got three, then obviously after three, it's going to take you less than half a year, a quarter of a year. Mm-hmm. So that it just compounds. As, as long as you put the money back in, it compounds so fast. When you were running into space problem, you get a, a warehouse, then you run into more problems. I mean, but I mean, from not having anything when I first rented them to later, I have like up to seven pages of, you know, policies and, and uh, all these agreements they have to agree uh, uh, five years later but but yeah. it was so when you were when you were scaling up did you get a loan like did you finance all these and then just pay them off with the cash yeah, flow well most of them are they're 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 free and clear i mean i, I just okay. saved the money and just bought it cash uh yeah. there were some big ones but the good thing you know just the same once i opened the business and and the business was growing just the LLC, just the ATV business rentals company had so much good credit, better than mine. It was able to buy a $380,000 building for me to storage them, which I still have right. the building. But uh, but it's just like the way I look at business, you know, it's just a, a soul that you create. You know, once the roots grows, I mean, they have their own credit, you know, they have their own way to get money. Yeah, how do you how do you even set that up? How do you get an LLC to have credit? Do you have to register with like uh, you just need two hundred dollars or whatever? Just like one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars. You have a social security. Make sure the name it's uh, available. You click. I mean, it's, it's through. You can do it through your internet. It's so fast. I mean, the, oh, the I, difference. I mean, about I don't mean uh, like forming the, the company. I know how to, right. I know how to do that. You could even okay. do it on like LegalZoom for a hundred bucks yeah, or whatever. But like, how do you build credit as a business? How do you get the first loan for your business in your business name? I hear you. Well, I mean, once you create your legal sum, you know, you get a tax ID, which is the identification number, what they're going to use to to tax the business. Yeah. Well, you open a bank account with a tax ID. And once you have the bank account, the bank will offer you, sometimes they will, if, if they can trust you, you know, because it's really, it's about trust. If they can trust you, they offer you a small credit card. Once you get that credit card, I mean, credit cards are, I love credit cards uh, because it's not even your money, but you use the money you paid off and credit just builds up. 
But one thing that they they ask me all the time and is really important is your financial statement. Oh, the so statement, not the report card. Not the report card. I mean, they they kind of mix. To build credit, you I use the credit card, but to build the to to make the lender trust the company, it was all in a financial uh, financial statement, which it showed all the ATVs, all the all the trailers that were in it, uh, all the equipment that we offer. And at the same time, I had a, I also had, I used to sell some t-shirts online and, you know, all of this kind of ATV stuff. Um, but financial statement will be the best answer for your question, mm -hmm. you know, if you because want to Because I have this much in assets. Mm -hmm. I'm only asking for this much in a loan. So. Yeah. All they're doing is pretty much backing up their equity. So if they need something for collateral, and then they want to see, make sure you're, you're, you have enough income to cover the payment. Um, same thing goes for anything, but a financial statement is always good to learn how to use them, you know, start filling up one up because that one book, you know, the rich that he actually pushes you to start working on your financial statement. And that's the first right. thing I did, you know, I opened it up and I noticed how many debt I had, you know, just through all these trucks and cars yeah. and, you know, like not a single asset other than my job income, which is not bringing any money in my pockets. It's just, I mean, whatever is coming in, it was just going out on this side, on the liability side. So right. it, it makes so much sense. It was so easy and simple. But uh, I mean, I think that was that was the the flip, you know. Yeah, and so that was your first um, big bit, or what do you call it? Big time success. Like you saw something grow from. But what do you do? You think there's any luck involved, right? Because what if that lady would have killed herself? I mean, I I don't believe in luck, but I mean, you're right. I mean, it could have went either know. way. It's, it's it's a risk, right? So you, you manage risk. You go back to a risk. It's about taking risk, and yeah, it's it's scary, you know. I mean, three years later, you know, because I did have a lot of accidents. Luckily, nothing crazy, but. Later, you know, you learn about insurance and then I start doing what I do in houses. Uh, it's called a uh, checklist. You know, I check the drivers, make sure they're good. If, if I if I or the person checking the customer don't feel comfortable as them driving it, they have to find someone else. They, they can drive it for them if they still want to rent the unit. But I I um, obviously I can make the decision to rent them or not. So I have the right on my agreement. So if I don't feel comfortable renting to them and if they have a reservation fee to it, it was all return it to them. And, um, but most of the people, you know, uh, they're nice. Uh, I love to rent to families, you know, people that never rented before. Right. And they're the ones that take care of them pretty good. But when you have yeah. these young kids that, you know, they think they're bulletproof. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, like renting out to an eighteen-year-old or twenty-one-year-old, a group like a a group of eighteen or twenty-one-year-olds. They're gonna yeah. ride those things so hard. They're gonna compete. You know, testosterone gets going. Who can do the biggest jump? Yeah, don't, don't even tell me about it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I ran through a lot of issues. I mean, I had a few of them roll over. You know, total. But I mean, it's part of it, right? It's it's really part of it. And yeah, I mean, I guess I did got lucky that that I did good on the first rentals, but those first rentals got me going. It just right. up the flow. But it's really about momentum. You know, you just let yeah, it, that's, that's don't let it that's stop. Be, that's, a, that's a beautiful story. I think that really gives pretty much anybody hope. 
you can start with i mean some people are like well i don't have an atv well there's something anything anything i swear i mean yes i mean i i've rent so many things i mean i rent my pools out i rent anything that i can put a rent sign on it it's it's a part of uh, cash flow you know right Uh, because i had i mean i have i also have a photo booth uh, we also have a what else? Well, we we open a food truck as well, and it's Thai food. My mom runs it. You know, good friend. But I mean, this comes to another shop that you can always about something I learned later, which is people. You know, I'm so thankful for the people that are around me. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do anything. And it took me a while to learn that because I was kind of stubborn, you know, about doing everything by myself. Right. But you, this is not a one person team. If you want to grow, I mean, you gotta have people around you i mean just like right now me and you were making connections something's gonna grow out of here for sure uh and we'll see it later but but it's really about network you cannot do everything by yourself you can have these great people on your side i'm just um the reason i wanted to talk with you so much even because i i approached you i said hey let's just let's just get together and have some zoom chats every couple weeks or something it's because Mm -hmm. you don't make excuses right Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe like, at some point you did, but mm-hmm. don't you, you take responsibility for everything in your life? You understand economics, politics, business. You know, I need more well rounded people like that in my life because I have a tendency to kind of reach down a lot and try to just pump people full of information that could help them get their lives going, you know? Yes, that's but what, great. I what love happens that. is I end up being by myself. Like I'm at the because I don't put enough time in nurturing like relationships that are like people with my like mind, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of feed off each other and get going instead of me always reaching back, like trying to encourage people to take responsibility or like, you know, give it everything they got or p- just play the hand they're dealt, you know? So I kind of get stuck in like this savior. No, role. you guys are doing great. You get, I mean, you, you guys have no clue what you guys did. I mean, I think I've been following you for, let's say, I think good four years, no, three years. But I mean, all these bookstagrams account, they got me a lot on, you know, what should I be learning next? Because it's it's really important to know to pick what you're gonna read. It's really important, and you know, it takes a good amount of time, and uh, you become what you read. Like you literally become what you read. You know, yeah, it's so you gotta so watch weird. out. You gotta know what you want to read. And it's always good to read something that that you agree with. You want to read the opposite of it. You know, I want to see see why because you uh, you want to fall between. You don't want to fall one side too far and the other side too far. You want to have both sides. You know, like I rather like instead of watching Netflix, I rather watch a two hour debate. You know, against right. maybe a capitalist against a communist guy or or, or socialist yeah. against capitalist or even on whichever topic it is philosophical. Uh, it could be religion it could be on on economic systems yeah it could be on you know anything i love to watch the debates so do i yeah like people are like what do you do for fun i'm like well i learn i watch documentaries i like watching debates and i read books they're like well have you seen this movie like uh not yet yeah but like my wife my wife loves movies and like i have a hard time getting through a movie unless it's like historical or like based on real life and um, oh, she'll leave like Friday night to go hang out with her girls, you know, and have mm-hmm. some social hours or whatever. And she'll be like, what'd you do? I was like, 
Oh, I watched um, Sam Harrison, Jordan Peterson, two oh, hour debate. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, my wife's like, didn't you already watch those? I'm like, yeah, I just want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've watched them so many times. And I don't know if it's just me, but it kind of slowed down on all these debates. Like back in 2017, 2018, you can see yeah. them all the way around. Um, mm. We got this political uh, you know, era of these last four years that it got pretty heated. And they kind of stop all these debates. But I, I think we need those so much. We, you want to hear both of this. You're going to hear both of these opinions. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not pushing for you to go one side or the other, but I just want to have I that. I want you to think. Queen. I, want, I, want, I yes. want you to think, you know. That's, I mean, we are philosophical, you know. The moment you doubt something, when you're doubting something, that means you're thinking yourself. You're, you're trying to figure out yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have that. Uh, I mean, I like to hear people, but I, I always come with my own conclusions, you know, and I, I'm one of those guys that are curious, you know, to, yeah. I want to know why, you know, things that don't make sense is just like, okay, please tell me why it makes sense. And I will fully agree, but you just got to convince me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. For me, it's so hard. You're, open. you're open-minded. Yeah. I'm very, I find myself, I'm very open-minded and like creative, but there's some things because I know the ripple effects that I just draw the line with, you know, Yeah. I, I talked, I was talking to someone last week on here and I was like, there's not many things that I'm like, absolutely black and white. Yes or no mm-hmm. line in the sand issues. No but freedom, yeah. freedom of speech is I'm like, important. That's where I draw the line. Because if we can't exchange ideas, mm-hmm. what what do we have? No, man. It's, that's, yeah, that's that's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, we got to have freedom of speech. I mean, I'm all for that. You know, you come to a lot of uh, thinking, you know. But that's one thing that social media did, too. You know, they kind of split us into different bubbles. Because now you get to choose who you want to listen to. And you get to ignore yeah. who you want to listen to. Uh, it's really hard to just listen to an opposition side, but I'd like to follow everybody. And for same reason, you don't want to see what they think. And I'm not saying that that one person, they're doing it because they're evil. They really believe they're doing good. You might not agree with it. You know, they feel they're doing the good thing. Like I called, you know, to get political again now, sorry, to call the, let's say AOC, for example, or someone like that. I really believe they're trying to help. I'm not thinking they're not doing it because they don't know they just their goal is, is from their heart you know but i mean once you break the numbers up you know for me i'm falling more on the other side um yeah the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions yes like i don't believe life is easy you know life is gonna be hard some people are trying to make it morally they're pushing more for equality of an outcome which i i i not into that. I actually believe that we should have equality of opportunities. Everybody should have the same opportunities. Yeah. So tell no. me, tell me more about that because coming from you, right? Uh, I guess you're not really. Are you considered an immigrant? Uh, I don't know. I'm just considered an American. So I, right. I okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, but you're in a minority, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, you could claim like you could claim victimhood and you'd get a lot of pats on the back and like encouragement. Like, yeah, you are, you know, screw everybody else, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you didn't, you're not highly educated in the formal way. Scholarship. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's, how did you 
get to the point where you're just like, I'm going to be my own hero. That's what I, that's what I love. I just, um, well, I mean, I think this, this is back with my parents. Like, I don't think we ever been the victim side. Like I'm fully responsible for everything. You know, this conversation we have, I feel responsible, you know, for, for, for everything that happens around me. If I didn't get what I wanted, it's nobody's fault, my own fault. You know, if, if, uh, things don't go my way it's definitely not my my it's definitely nobody else's fault but my own i'm just feel fully responsible for anything um but yeah we do we are on to like right now we're claiming all these victims are um heroes you know it's 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 like a time where being a victim is actually something that you you it's like a uh, trophy yes and before it was the guys that go through the hard times that you actually make them as hey right look at this person what he did and what's going on but um but yeah it's it's i have a belief that we're coming into a pessimistic era which is like you know we had good 10 12 years of good entrepreneurs talking on camera you know on youtube optimistic side you know about pushing yourself about all this motivational stuff which is i i truly believe is good you know even if it's just a fake scam whatever I'm pushing for an optimistic side on people. I want them to try. I want them to keep pushing. But now we're coming into this place where, oh, you know, all these people are they're selling you fake hope. You know, don't listen to them. This is not the right way. And uh, I've been I've been hearing more of this stuff coming up. And the thing about that, you know, it's, it's a seed. You know, once you plant that seed of the victim, you just grow so fast. It grows faster than the other one. Right. And then all of a sudden you get you get rewarded for being a victim, too like that's exactly you, yes you know like uh you don't understand like yeah we don't understand let me let me love you let me give you everything let me just make try to make it as easy as possible and then yes. if you're a, a man anything like me i don't like being given stuff just because mm-hmm. right like oh, when I was, the way right. i grew up like i didn't want when i became a young man i didn't want someone to you oh, young man <laughs> Let me let me give you a, a great position at a company because I know you grew up in a hard situation. Yeah. Like, no, man, I want give me the spot that I earn and that I'm competent at. Yes, you, you want know? to earn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know um, how it's gonna work out because it's not. I mean, the, I mean, what you mentioned, you know, just give you something because a victim. It's like you just feed them the fish. Like, here you go, man. You can eat this fish today. I mean, I believe that you should just teach them how to fish. Like, let them teach how to fish and they can, you know, they'd be eating for free, you know, not for free, but they've been getting their own fish the whole life. They've been eating for, right. for, for a long time. Yeah, I, yeah struggle I'm, I'm with that, that with my, with, I struggle with that a lot with my mom mm-hmm. because I, at some point I had to draw, I tried really hard to have a relationship with her and I still, I still do, but I also had to like find a way to put boundaries in there, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and because I was one of the helper. I always wanted to help her, you know, but it's, it's this weird paradox because I would go to the homeless shelters and have like Thanksgiving dinner with her. And then, you know, people would be like, Oh, we're having Brown gravy tonight. They'd complain about the, the free food that they're getting. Oh man. Or like I I bring her to like the welfare office to get her signed up for free medical mm-hmm. and people would be in the welfare office, like complaining. Oh, I've been here for two hours. Like, it's shut free. up! You're you're <laughs> no, yeah, here, getting free things. Be grateful, and it's like, yeah. 
some of the most ungrateful people that I've met were homeless people. I mean, it's really, it's sad because I, I want to find a way to solve that problem. But mm -hmm. I came to a point where I'm just like, man, if you want to get out of that life and you're, you have a, a, a capable mind, like you can think, Mm -hmm. right. And you can take action. You need to get yourself out because there's been times where I let my mom sleep in my, like, Hey, come on, move in with me. But then she'd just go get high or whatever. And, and then yell at me in my own house and like Mm -hmm. tell my wife to be quiet. And I'm just like, that's not going to work for me. Like at some point you have to take responsibility for your life. Yes. And it's sad. It's sad, right. To have those, those people that think that they can't do anything. And the funny part is those people around you, you know, people you love that they're out there saying all that stuff. Yeah. And the funny part is she'll tell me she can't do something. I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of this. I can't Mm -hmm. do this because of this. But then like she wants to get high or pull out some kind of scheme. There's like a, well thought out plan with multiple variables uh, to get the next high. I'm just like, mom, you're lying to yourself. You know, like, right. Yeah. One time she would like, one time, this is funny. So she would be like, Oh, I need help moving this stuff because my shoulder hurts. I hurt my shoulder back in the day when I was a waitress, you know? And then it happened like, 15 minutes later that she like freaked out of my little brother and she picked up like a full chair or couch and like threw it at my brother. I'm just like, Oh, you need to help, huh? <laughs> you need to help moving it a little bit, but yeah, somehow yeah. you can throw it at somebody. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's just like, uh, so man, is, this for, is this part of the, I mean, is this one of the reasons like that you wrote that book, you know, mom, listen. Yeah. The this whole reason. Mm-hmm. Because I just wanted her to know that you have to face your demons. That's you know? true. Mm-hmm. And she, when she read it, when she finally read, I don't even know if she read the whole thing, but she read the beginning. It's really yeah. hard. She's like, I don't want to finish it. I kept pushing her to read it, read it, read it. I'm like, it ends good. And then it, she read the ending of the last couple of chapters. And she's like, I didn't think it was going to end like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, I thought you were going to like, be my hero and like save me like no i can't do it mom like even if i wanted to can i feel and process your emotions for you can i go inside your mind and like face the trauma that you had yeah for you hard no yeah she has to do it herself she has to do it herself you know everybody does and that's what i'm that's what i'm the most passionate about is like the people that want it and they make a decision to become their own hero, mm-hmm. right? To look in the mirror and be like, that's the person that's going to save me. The person looking right back at me. That's why I want to get across to people because I was the kid. And the reason I get so irritated about it is because when I was that young kid, I was such a victim. Oh, you don't understand. I can't get a cosign. I can't get a self. I can't get an apartment because I got in a fight and I have a felony. You know, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do this. You don't understand. I can't get a credit card. You lost on that side then. Right. So when I see it in other people, it just pisses me off because I'm like, that's not going to help you at all. I wish I could just shake you, you know? 
but I kind of have to like figure out a way to filter it because I know if I was that young kid getting lectured by some dude, I'd be like, screw this guy. He doesn't yeah. understand me. Right. Even though I do. I hear you. No, but the student, so you always, the student has to be ready. Did you, did you always like read books? I mean, were you always into books or did you just happen to for, for one reason or no, no, let me tell you. So the whole reason I want to open up a, underdog coffee and books yeah. is because the first person to tell me that I was good enough and that I could do it and that you should, if you set goals and you fail, but you keep going forward towards those goals, things will get better was in a book the day after I almost killed myself. Oh my God. You mind if, if you share what book was that? <laughs> That everyone thinks is like a groundbreaking book, but it was just <laughs> it was just a, a book called um, the best damn sales book ever because I was in sales, but I had really shitty self esteem, no confidence, mm. and I sucked. And I had to, I found out I had to go back to jail because I screwed up my probation, and it's just what it is, you know. So you also like, went to jail in that period of time. Yeah, yeah, I went to jail for uh, third degree assault. I just got in a bar fight and hurt the guy i guess bodily damage and um had to go to jail and then in, after i got out of jail i got a job in car sales you know they take anybody or at least i did back in those days you didn't need any education you didn't need anything besides opportunity i got an opportunity and then i screwed it up because i didn't have money to pay my probation and then i had to go back for two weeks i thought i was going to get fired even though I sucked, I thought, man, this is maybe the, like the one chance I have to like make my life what it could be. And then as I'm driving home, because I was too afraid to quit, I was going to quit before I get fired because quitting looks better. Well, kind of, you know, it's easier I could just, for, people. Yeah. for the next job, you know, it's easier to put on a resume. Oh, move down because of make up some reason. But then as I was driving to this little room I was renting, I just heard this voice in my head again. So when I was 10 or nine, me and my brother were homeless. My mom disappeared for a little bit. We were living on the streets, hanging out with this old homeless man. And at one point I told him I couldn't do something. And he started screaming at me. This is one minute of my life, maybe. Don't you ever say that. You can do anything you want to if you keep getting better. You know, just started yelling at me. I was like, you know why I don't have a home? Or, you know, why I'm homeless. And I was like, oh, because you don't have a home. He's like, no, because I chose drugs and alcohol over my wife and my business. And I'll get it all back when I stop feeling sorry for myself. Mm. And I, I heard all that, but I didn't hear all that, if you know what I mean. Yes. So I yeah, left. You want to. Yes. I left because I was like, okay, this old angry man is yelling at me. I'm 10. My brother's seven. I left. Never thought about that guy again. When I'm 23 or 24 going through this whole situation, 14, 13 years later, mm -hmm. I hear this guy's voice and I go into a bookstore and I buy my first book ever in my entire life. Wow. And then for the and first then, time. You know, just from that, from that voice again after 13 years and you just, I mean, now where I'm, where I'm stuck, like, wonder if, if you can answer, but like, what made you walk into a bookstore? Was like a reason that you wanted to read or it was just. Just, I don't know. Walking by I, was, and... I was driving by and I, I just kept thinking, oh, man, if that voice is right, how can I get better at sales? 
right? I don't like even looking at people in the eye. I don't like asking people for money. I hate rich people. Like, no self-esteem, no confidence at all. And as I'm driving, I'm like, well, how do I get better? I'm like, well, so you pretty much search, you searched your own self-help. So you were on that level of emotion that you wanted it. And obviously kind of like me, you know, I was, uh, I mean, uh, the way I look at it, you know, I was financially struggling. Well, the reason that I didn't mention, you know, I actually had an accident on the drilling rig. Okay. Tell me so, about that. Yes. Uh, well, I had an accident from the drilling rig and at that time, you know, I was not making that much money. But when I fell, because I fell off 15 feet high into the ground and I hit my, my collarbone. And, you know, when you hit your collarbone, you don't, your, your, your legs just go numb. Like, you oh, know, your, you tail, your tailbone? Your tailbone, yes. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Your tailbone. So when I was just laying on the ground, you know, but by the time they called the supervisor and they picked me up and check on me, at that moment, laying on the floor, I was pretty much just thinking, I mean, if I cannot walk again, if I can come back to this job, I mean, what do I have to offer? You know, I was so scared because obviously I won't be able to come back to work, won't be able to make more money. So it was at that moment, they sent me home and I was laying on the house. I mean, I was laying on bed. I mean, I'm, I think it was five days until my mother called me. She was in Texas. I was in Oklahoma. And she, she found out about my accident. So she drove to Oklahoma City and that night that she shows up she's like well can you still drive I'm like well yeah I mean I can get up and drive um but I was kind of sad because on the drilling rig you know where I worked so hard for 15 years they replaced me like yourself. that yeah they replaced me like within within the day you know they already had someone working on my spot and all this stuff so she comes up and she's like well let's go see your brother my younger brother was actually in in jail in Austin so it was eight hour drive in Austin and it was Saturday when she shows up and she's like, well, visits are on Sunday, but we have to be there at 6 a.m. Do you want to go and see him, you know, instead of just lay home, say, let's do it. So we packed that night and we took off at 11 p.m. And it was an eight hour drive, like eight and a half. And I don't even know what the reason was. I just came across, I think it was an Instagram post or something. And it was it was the rich that poor dad, you know. It was they were marketing the audible version, and I click on the link, you know, it sent me to audible, I download it, and it was one free book, whatever. So I like, why not? You know, I'm falling asleep. My mom's already passed out, you know, we're driving at night. And I mean, I turned that audiobook and just like kind of on your situation, you know, you're on the same spot. So when I was listening to this book, it was eight hours, I listened to the whole thing, you know. It was an eight-hour drive. I listened to the entire book, and I was into this book the whole time. And it's just, I was like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. You know, I didn't know. I thought, I thought I didn't have any more options. I thought I was, like, on a junction point. Right. And I listened to the book on my way back, the whole thing, again. And it was the next day that I put the ATV for rent. I mean, it was just that moment. You know, I'm going to put this thing for rent. But, I mean, right. what I'm getting to is... Uh, you were going through the same emotional sale, you know, you were, you're the thing about you, you look for the help. Like you walk into the bookstore looking for something to help you. And I guess yeah, since you I were on the emotional know. side, you know, it kind of sink in your brain so good. And he, he yeah. made an effect on you. I just don't know why though, because the last thing I ever wanted to do in my life was read, read a book. book. 
Hey, I'm, I swear to God, I'm the same. I was, all, I, I, was a, a I was a horrible student. I hated reading books. I would cheat on every test that I took. Like I'd find a way to some, have someone else do my homework. Like all these things. The last thing I ever wanted to do at being 22 or 23 was read a book. Yep. I never read a book uh, cover to cover before. Never. Like, and for some reason, when I'm in that crisis spot in my life, I go to a book and then there's been a lot of times in between there, you know, like self-sabotage, quit jobs or try Mm -hmm. a venture. It didn't work. Go and find another job. You know, there's been so many times where I was struggling but I had a cup of coffee and I had a book and that always felt like I have a hope if I can, (laughs) I have a hope if I have a book and I have a a cup of Joe, you know? Um, So every time that I struggle, I go to a bookstore. And look at you now, man. I just think about how long ago was that was, uh, so I'm 38. It was like, I was 24 ish. Mm -hmm. And, but I think about it often. What if I just went in to get a snack, oh. to a little shop, and then sitting right there next to the register as I'm ordering my coffee is rich dad, poor dad, think and grow rich, you know, mm-hmm. all these different kinds of books and they're house copies. So you can, you can sit down and read them like an oh, underdog really? can just sit down. The underdog can sit down with a cup of coffee and read a book for free. Mm-hmm. And as is encouraged to read a book you know underdog coffee and books will have them for sale too but we're gonna have house copies for people that are in that area where they can't afford a book that's awesome just give them a little spark yes i mean and then not only that the people that frequent that specific bookstore are going to be other people that are going to be able to help him or they're going to be collaborate you know they're going to find friends and like people that are in their same situation and who knows maybe huge maybe the next paypal they meet in the underdog coffee and books mm-hmm. that you know? would be awesome yeah you know um uh, like i'm kind of i feel like i don't know how many bookstores you guys have like big ones here we only have obviously it's barnes and nobles you know but barnes and nobles it's getting kind of weird because they're banning so many books and know, luckily it's not like most it. of them you know but i don't like that part <clears throat> so i i'd be glad to support you you know i feel we need a I'm all for competition. I mean, I'm all for a free market. Well, right. And here's what I think. Like, I, Eric, here's my problem. I think huge, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I told uh, my uncle, he's like, so what are your dreams? You know? And he works at the company I work at right now. And he's a great guy. I actually met him by taking a DNA test. I didn't even know I had an uncle. But And he didn't know how sensitive I was. But he's like, what's your dream? And I was like... I want to take on Starbucks. And like, nothing. what do you mean? I'm like, I want underdog coffee and books. I mm-hmm. want a bookstore and a coffee shop with purpose that gives underdogs a mentor and a book, but they still got to go do all the work themselves. And I want to, I want to be the biggest chain in America. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. which I can understand. Yeah, Cause even yeah. when I say it, it sounds crazy, you know? That's good though. You want to feel like that, yeah. Um, maybe after you know this podcast, hey, well, I mean, I mean, talk to you. You know, I'll be, I'll be help. I'll be glad to be on that part. And be glad to be on the, the team. You know, all, all my experience too. So, I was um, a district manager for 
a franchise franchise uh chain and then chiropractic offices so i built them out from you know lease to full operation you have the got them already got them out of the red as fast as possible and then open the next one train the staff you know and then my brother tj was actually my sales training manager so and he's on board so i kind of got all these pieces going in the right area mm-hmm. i just want to find not people that are just like oh yeah you know I'll invest in that if I can make a huge return because it's going to be a grind, you know, it's going to be a grind yeah. to get these things going. Yeah. You never, you never, I mean, purpose. You never profits right away too. Purpose will lead to profits. I'm telling you. And not only that, we'll feel, I'll feel good about like what we're building. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to be, we can talk more about it, but uh, no, I know I mean, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen when, with who, how, that doesn't really matter, but it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. You know? That's the thing. Like when I was, uh, I mean, the thing like when I was doing it, you know, I didn't need, I didn't. People are asking how much I make out of it. They don't get that I didn't make not even a penny. Like I didn't keep a penny out of this. Uh, the A to B rental, for example, everything was just. I would just put it back into it, and I right. mean, I just watched it grow. But it was that that change that I was getting out of it. You know that that I actually eat with, you know, or, or got to buy the truck or a place to stay that helped me on that part. So it was, uh, people look at it like, Oh, you, you have so many ATVs, you must be making a lot of money. I say, like, well, I mean, this money is going back into it. You know, it's actually right. helping it grow. I'm not even like the way I look at it, you know, you see the, the cash moving around back and forward and I'm kind of getting like the spare change that comes out of it. You right. Know, yeah. To, and most of the things will be for, you know, buy equipment or buying, uh, you know, even the vehicle for me to move the equipments, you know, that will give me a vehicle to move. So it's kind of, it's a different way to look at it instead of while other people think that you're going to be doing good or, or like you said, most investors, they think that a business will start right away. Right. And, or, or like you'll, you get a high interest loan and then guess what comes with a high interest loan? Monthly payments. And that hurts the cash flow. So if we're trying to get out of the red here, we really got to focus on controlling expenses and driving marketing. Yes. You know, and but you gotta have a it's called margin, right? So the margin is yeah. it's just like your book, you know, the margin is what's left on the of the letter. So obviously, after your net operating expenses, your CO your COGS, which is your cost of goods sold, mm-hmm. uh, and anything else, and your I mean, after you take all the all the expenses and yeah, you you're looking at your margin which is your profit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't see all these other expenses as, as you know, as they'll be, they'll, they won't come in. They, they will be there all the time. It's just about, you know, just make sure you profit enough to keep going. And I mean, to you got to put it back in because the government gives you an incentive to spend those profits and to grow. Yes. I mean, it's, right? so the way I look at government get, is like, like a big mom. So you get taxed like, after you get taxed after you spend on growing your empire. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah that's the sentence. So if uh, the way I, I learn about taxes is it's uh, an example I always give. Government is like the mom, the one that gets to clean the room, right? She has four kids and she <laughs> right. tells them, "Hey, go clean your room. We need this room clean. People are coming," and they don't clean it. But when she says, "Okay, if you clean the room," I will give you, you can have a dessert or you can have uh, a candy. 
So the one kid that cleans the room, he gets the candy. Well, the government is the same thing. But the government won't be cleaning room, obviously. It'll be more like, okay, if you guys help me with housing for, for everybody in America, if you, everybody helps me with energy, if anybody helps me with food, agriculture, and if anybody helps me with jobs, you know, we'll give you a, a tax credit, which is tax incentive. So mm-hmm. you see people like, you know, or old pressing, you know, he was a mogul in real estate. He created so many houses, he get a tax benefit. Now, if you see people investing back then, it was oil, you know, you actually get money back in your pockets for taking the risks to invest in oil. So it's it's same thing, you know, you just got to do what the government wants you to do and you'll get in the Senate. So on some spots, you know, like you're mentioning, yeah, you 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 put your tax, I mean, you put your expenses before you pay taxes. So you're really getting taxed for for the margin, which is your profit. Right. So if you spend 10000 and everything, and you got back twelve thousand. You you really earn only two thousand, and that's really the truth. You know, the government yeah. they want to charge you for twelve thousand that you got back. It's not it's not really fair. You know. Well, that's that's why royalties are a great deal for the inventor or for the licensor, mm-hmm. but they're a horrible deal for the business owner because yes, royalties are off the top. Yeah, not at the bottom. Not at the bottom. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I love but talking to you know all of that stuff. You know, people. Yep. I mean, it's not until you learn or you actually phase it or you screw that. Okay. Maybe next time I won't do it. You know? Right. So besides Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what books have you read more than once? Which one? More than once. Which ones have been, have been so good that you were like, oh, I got to read that again. Oh, obviously, obviously it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that so many times. And the thing about books, those books that you mentioned that we read again, I never get the same and I never get the same feeling again. It's a different it's like feeling. A different level. Time. Another one, it's uh, which one I reread. Um, actually, because I listen to them, you know, most time when I'm driving a long way, I pretty much re-listen to everything. Mm-hmm. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you. I can hear you. Oh, there it is. Let me see. But um. Most time is when I'm driving because that's that's pretty much what I do all day, drive. But I know there's a few books that I is that one pretty good. But Douglas, yeah. do you see that interview they had with? Uh, that's, I, I, I listened to that one. Right. You sent it to me, but I already listened to it. Yeah, I love oh, really. I love I love Douglas yeah. Murray. Yeah, it's pretty smart. Yeah, and it gets me. That things just get my brain going. You know, like. We're back to the common sense, and and you know, I, I don't know, like, because he's, I just he's want right in the convinced. yeah, he's right in the middle. That's what I like. He yeah. thinks, he thinks, he thinks in 360, 360 degrees, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, people are like, and he's part of a, I think he's a gay man, so he's part of the group that's oppressed. And he's like, I'm not gonna be a victim, I'm not gonna be oppressed because of my preference it's just yeah that's not my identity okay this is one book that i listen to a lot it's actually it's a spiritual but it's yeah i don't know if you read it it's called the on theater so i don't know if you can see it probably not oh yeah uh michael singer yeah i don't know why i'm so sorry but yeah i mean it's just really strong you know like uh, inner energy wise it's just deeply strong and it helps Mm -hmm. me you know I don't believe in motivation, but it helps me on discipline for some reason. But yeah, it's and, one of those the books that I keep reading. The untethered soul is kind of cool because it's like, all right, here's the outcome. 
mm-hmm. but I'm not tethered to that outcome. Mm-hmm. Like I'll aim that way, and whatever happens, happens. Yes. Yeah. You know. So what about you? What's what's one of the books that you read, read a lot? Uh, I'm always reading actually Rich Dad's Guide to Investing now. Yeah. Uh, kind of because that's a deep one, but it's so detailed, right? Like they talk about infinite returns, like put a down payment, refinance after you fix it up. Now you get your down payment back. It's smart. And, well, yeah. One tactic is, you know, like one of them that, uh, that I, from that book, you know, is it's like a 140 unit apartment, but it came with the land. So he got the, he got the loan for the land and the apartments was like 7.5 million. So then he got another loan to build an additional, uh, I think it was 50 units on that 10 acres. So I think that the, the other loan was like, not even, I can't remember how much, it was like 2.5. So that comes to almost nine, 9.5 million for everything. The the loan for the previous 140 units plus land and then another uh, nine for the, uh, the, the construction. Mm-hmm. And he already has those 140 units uh, full, uh, they're, they're rented. So whenever after a year and a half, you know, which one year build it and half a year to fill them up. Once he had all these units fully, fully, uh, uh, be, uh not vacant, but occupied, occupied. Yeah. Then they get a, another appreciation and they get another loan, which is a hundred and I mean, uh, up to $17 million. So that, that already pays both loans back. And then obviously all the investors out. So they're, they're actually in with no money. And they already own the the units, you know. They're all cash flow. Cash flowing, yeah. And cash flowing like a three hundred thousand dollars a year of cash flow. I mean, it's I don't know. They're that's pure IQ, you know. On right. Financial. Yeah, and it's just thinking, just thinking differently, you know. Yeah. Um, what about, you know, I like I watched the series The Men Who Built America like ten times. I don't know if you've watched uh, it. I love that thing. Yes, I did so many times. Like I love it when. Cornelius Vanderbilt and Rockefeller and all these guys are just going at it, trying to outwit each other. You know, mm-hmm. it made them better. You know, as long as they, yeah, as long as they don't go crazy on each other. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I love that too much. I mean, that's what built America. I mean, it's pretty much that we were free to do anything. You know, but it was it was from the 1800s to the 1950s. You know, or so actually to 1911. But I keep love watching. I mean, my. I, I read pretty much each one of those guys specifically, uh, especially because of that show. That's the whole reason. The whole reason I got their book. Like I got Titan. I have Cornelius's book. I have, uh, I have all of them. Yeah. In the same way it was, uh, but I mean, just the way they did it, you know, it was amazing. And the thing, you know, the thing about the history channel that I noticed the way they ended, you know, they, they showing that, uh, the Roosevelt kind of stop all that power uh, hungry right. thing going on. You know, the thing is that it's actually still going. Uh, you just don't see him anymore. You won't hear about right. him. But, yeah. It's but behind the, the scenes. The war, it's all tech. Yes. It's all tech and like invisible was, things now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was between us is, is getting geopolitical. Um, but it's, I don't know. It gets pretty deep in there. <laughs> don't make me go that way. Right. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. what I, so in my marketing mind, the the autobiography and biography that I read multiple times now is P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum? Because he would do all these crazy things. Like he would, for example, like when he's trying to get people to go in his museum, 
Mm-hmm. He would pay a guy to take two bricks and set them out on the sidewalk, walk back inside with a get a third brick, go set it on the pile, and then take one of the bricks and walk inside with the brick, and then come back outside with that same brick and set it down and exchange it for a different brick. And when you're on a busy street and you see someone doing something that seems pointless, you stop and you try to figure out what the hell is going on. (laughs) What is this guy doing? And then eventually you want to see what's going on. What is he doing with the brick inside the building? So they walk in the front door and then they get pitched tickets. (laughs) Wow. That's that. Yeah. That's pretty smart. You know, because just just random. Yeah. What was the name of this book again? uh, It's PT Barnum's autobiography, but he's the one that he's the one that I think made famous the saying that says nothing attracts a crowd, like a crowd. Hmm. Like if you take any three or four people and you put them in a circle in a, in the public eye and they're just looking at something, everyone else is going to see what are they looking at? What are they watching? They're curious. You know, they get curious and nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. So once we get a a coffee shop open, even Mm -hmm. if it's just friends and family, get everybody in there, just looking, going in and out, like just create a buzz. Everyone's like, what's going on here? Come find out. that's, That's true. I mean, and even, I mean, every day, if I've seen the crowd, you used to be nosy or curious about it. You know, you can't um, help it. Can't help it. We're, we're just like it. that. That's yep. human nature, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and um, what, uh, after, after your first book, what's that good book that actually impact you? Like so good, you know, like, yeah, the, the most man, I, I'm kind of sick of saying it because I, you know, I get that question a lot being a bookstagram guy. Um, yes, I um, but it's it's right here. Really lame. It's a horrible read. But it's a book that I needed. The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. So that's it. Huh? And let me read you the pillars, right? Most yeah. people think that self-esteem is like real mushy, mushy. Like, oh, if you love yourself, you know, etc. Let me let me read you the pillars. Okay, so pillar number one, live consciously. Pillar number two, self-acceptance. Pillar number three, and this is where Jordan Peterson is wrong when he's always like, it's not about self-esteem. So pillar number three, self-responsibility. Pillar number four, self-assertiveness. Pillar number five, living purposefully. Pillar number six, living with integrity, right? Telling the truth to the person looking back at you in the mirror. Yes. Integrity, doing what you say. That's that's one big word, you know, that I that I love, integrity. And I wonder how many people know what it means, but it's 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 really what built a lot of good, uh, you know, self. Uh, people are on self-made, you know. They yeah. have good integrity. It's one thing they have in common. Right, because you build a reputation by doing what you say you're going to do. Showing yes, up, it's about your work, you know, your work, because the way I look at words, you know, they're, they're, for me, they're seeds, you know, when you say something, it's pretty much you're planting a seed of what's going to happen, if, if you're like, oh my God, I look so bad, I mean, you, you just say that you will look bad now, you know, but uh, right. words are, are super strong, you know, 
And I've read uh, Mere Christianity a couple times because he's a very scientific thinker. And I kind of think, I think on a very logical level. So sometimes like the concept of God, just mm-hmm. like, you know, just like kind of blows my mind. But then the, you yeah. know, um, in Mere Christianity. With, with all the Sam Harris books, I don't know if you read any of them. Yeah, I have. Uh, like The End of Fate. That was a. That was one of the books that I wish I never read, but I'm kind of glad I did. But, you know, it, it just blew my mind, too. Yeah, it's just like, but here's the thing. No matter how logical we get, no matter mm-hmm. how much we convince ourselves that we know something, like, right, like, people or scientists swear by the Big Bang. But what they're doing, they're just, they're telling a creation story with math. That's all they're doing. Yeah. Right, it's time, space, and matter. Pure philosophy, man. You're never gonna get. Is like I said, philosophy is like love of doubt, you or love of wisdom, pretty much what it is. Actually, uh, "Built to Serve" by Evan Carmichael mm-hmm. really helped me too. It helped me um, really dial in who I want to serve. You know, this is where Underdog Books came from. I need to read it. I mean, I've been, you know, actually when I read, I listen to, to his channel. He's, you know, he's, I don't know if you noticed, but he has a music, a music channel with like two hours worth of music with no lyrics. Evan Carmichael does? Yes. Yes. He does that every month for, he's been doing it for three years. Wow. And he plays, I mean, he always, I don't know how he does it, but he, he edits a bunch of random music with no lyrics. And it's right. perfect for me to read. Like I play that thing every morning. And here's how it helped me, right? Because before Underdog Books, I knew that I liked books. I knew that I liked helping people. I knew that I wanted people to understand that they can do it themselves and they have to do it themselves. But I had like a handle, book save my ass. I had a handle, book save butts. Like I had all these different handles that were more focused on me, you know, like book save my ass, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but throughout the process of reading his book, Built to Serve, I'm like, man, the one thing I really gets me going all the time is a good underdog story, man. There's nothing better than like a scrappy person just overcoming all the shit that's flying at him. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's, I haven't seen a movie with no a sad story behind it, you know. And that's the way I tell people, man, you're writing your own story. You just you know just think that you if you feel bad think that you're on the part of the movie or the book where you're going through all these struggles you know going through hell i mean and you get back up you know because that's when stories get well i mean that's right stand up stand up straight with your shoulders back that's why i love that first rule in jordan peterson's book Mm -hmm. because life is gonna keep just kicking the shit out of you life is not easy yes you just gotta face it yeah life is tough I mean, there's no way around it, you know. Um, I know some people, you know, politically, you know, they try and make life fair or life better. You're making people I really weak. Won't. <laughs> yeah, you making won't. people real weak and soft. So yes. there's actually this one rap song. There's a lyric in it by Tom McDonald. He's mm-hmm. like a pretty controversial guy. Um, he wrote he a song, <laughs> "Fake Woke." <laughs> yes, he. I mean, I've been listening to him for a while. I think. Because I'm not into, you know, especially that kind of music. But, I mean, his lyrics, man, yeah, I yeah. get hooked on those things. Yeah, he said, he said, um, hey, you're trying to leave better 
a better planet for your kids. How about leaving better kids for your planet? Yeah, raise them good. That's right. Right? You can't yeah. make them weak. No. Like, you're just going to put them in a bubble, and then all of a sudden life happens. They go <laughs> through their first breakup, or, like, they didn't get a job just given to them, or uh, someone attacks them in an alley, you know? Like, these are all realities of the human experience. And if you don't face them, you're going to be so caught off guard when evil comes around mm-hmm. or unfairness or yeah. that you're just going to crumble. You're not ready for life if you think that everything is just going to happen fairly. This is the way I look at it. You, would you rather, you know, because this is this life is things that they will teach you no matter what, you know, you, would you rather have them struggle those things while you have them as a kid, you know, like having them have a hard time and and yell at them or whatever you know because they didn't do something that was that was uh, right or you rather keep them safe and once they go to the real world you know outside on their own face with reality you know it's going to be harder when when they're out there and don't don't know about this stuff so i yeah. i always choose you know to do it as their kids you know with my son and you know do you push them? A, a taste of reality of how hard it is you know yeah so do you push do you push your kids on purpose like consciously like i gotta push them a little bit out of his comfort zone right now just to i do it yes i mean because like i said i mean i'd rather do it on my own because i know i won't hurt them bad but i'll give them a taste than being out there in real life and and then when you're when you're giving them that taste you're also giving them along with it you're coaching them through it like you're giving them the mindset it's going to take to overcome this or to face a hard situation Mm -hmm. And you're doing that on your clock, on your clock, not life's yeah. clock. Because mm-hmm. you can at least control some of the variables, right? Yep. I mean, I do like, like, let's say, for, for example, you know, like economic side, like if they want to have money, obviously they, he has to earn it. You know, back then he was cleaning ATVs and he'll get some money out. Sometimes he, he does, obviously he's young, so he cannot do a lot of heavy work. But if he does anything in the house, he gets a reward for it. But that's it. If we go to, let's say, a fair or store and he only has so much money and he spends it and he needs more for that, I was like, I'm sorry. That's all you had. That's it. And, uh, you know, I actually listened to uh, Patrick, but David, and I kind of love this, but he gives them book credits. Have you heard of that? Like, if he read so many books, he gives them a, a, you know, a reward for anything, ice cream or like five bucks a book or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to try to follow that. I'm probably, I mean, these guys love to read. So I'll bet they would love to get something for reading, you know? Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, so you have a team of employees or uh, contractors? No, well, I got, I got two partners, main, main, you know, which good friends of mine. Uh, and then we have seven employees right now. Um, so what, what's that like? Um, are you are you the kind of boss that like as you're d- going through the everyday process of like flipping a house or just project management? Are you also like just feeding life into these guys? Like, bro, you can do it. Like, yeah, you know, do things a certain way. Do things a certain way. Yeah, I mean, actually, but about every single one of those guys uh, copy they, they all speak spanish but i got them, each one of them a hard copy of rich that poor thing in spanish yeah. you know yeah and I, I was pushing to see if they were gonna read it you know or not and I oh, love man they didn't read it did they i don't I doubt it man that's I, what I sucks. Ask him, 
some some of them you know they start reading it just to to reply to me but i don't think they had you know i don't know why they probably I, didn't and, that emotion so for like the first two years on instagram i gave away a book minimum every week mm-hmm. and i'd follow up even yes. like three months three months later six months later hey how you like that book it's great isn't it they're like, uh. <laughs> they're like oh i actually haven't started reading it yet but then occasionally they some will stick right like I, I sent this rich dad poor dad to this guy that this kid that lives in flint michigan mm-hmm. right and he's always po- posting pictures of his jordans and like all these things that aren't assets and i'm like i'm gonna send you a book if you read it i'll send it like i know you didn't grow up wealthy i'll give you a book if you read it He's like, all right, read it. Mm-hmm. Sent it. He, he sent a picture, or like months later, he put a picture of Jordans. I'm like, oh, here. I'm like, bro, I'm like, Jordans again? Like, you could use that $200 or something that might generate a little money. And he's like, no, bro, you don't understand. I bought a vending machine, and my vending machine paid for these shoes. Oh, wow. And I was like, hell awesome. yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. And I sent it to another. This another kid in Hawaii who's like comes from a rougher environment, you know. But he's always hustling. He's always hustling for something. And I sent him this book, and then it's been like a year, maybe. I asked him like a couple months. Hey, how's the book? Oh, I forgot. I haven't read it yet, though. I'll get on it though. Like six, seven months later, just a few days ago, mm-hmm. I saw him say, "Stack up those assets." forget the liabilities yes and i was like yeah i'm like bro i'm glad the book's stuck he's like yeah it's it's like it's stuck so you know i'm who knows what can happen if you give the right person the right right book at the right time it can completely change your life if the student's ready i no, i mean i'm I'm part of it i'm one of them and right i'm just like you i mean i gave that book so many times i still give it away and it's just the thing about me, I haven't follow up a lot. You know, I do ask him, you know, like, <clears throat> later, but so far I haven't seen anyone, you know, where I haven't asked him. I'll probably start doing that. But yeah, well, they would start talking. Like... They, would, they would start, if it really hit them, you mm-hmm. know, they would ask you, or you'd hear them talk about, okay, or they'd ask you a question about taxes or like cash flow or something with this project. Like, how does it work? You know? Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the reasons that I made a, I made a good impression on my current boss is because every single time I talked to him, it was about like, how can I limit the liability? You know, how can I protect the company? How can I increase the cash flow? How can I increase the margins? You know, and like bringing value. I mean, you're, you're valuable to them. So yeah, I would always try to do something more than what I'm getting paid for. Right. Which Napoleon Hill talks about and think you grow rich. And I'm always thinking like an owner and maybe even above because they've been in one business for so long. And I've kind of had management marketing positions in different industries. So I see different operational, you know, excellence Mm -hmm. in different markets. So I'm like, Oh, this would definitely be a good fit for you guys. Let me try this. Let me try this. Here's what this could do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and they 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 do a lot of nice things for their employees. But I, I suggested start a 501c3 so that we can, when tax time comes, we put the money in there because we're going to spend it at some point anyways to help our employees. 
we'll call it the family fund, you know, cause they really value family and they want to treat all their employees like family. I'm like, not only cause sometimes they just, they'll at the end of the year, we'll get like a, a new flatbed truck, $90,000 or, you know, like yeah, a bunch cheap. of, ra- a bunch of random equipment will start showing up. I'm like, Oh, they're getting rid of a little bit of that profit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, we could. Now let me ask you, this. have you read uh, the 48 laws of power by Robert? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the first rule? You know, cause that, that one kind of hit me. Yes. That one hit me on my job. I was like, okay, that's right. And he uh, kind of, for me, it kind of actually backed me out from working too much. And then never out trying your master, right? Right. So, so you don't want to you don't want to make it look too obvious that, that you are better than your boss or that you you can do more stuff than him because they'll feel right. they'll feel threatened. And you couldn't you don't have to be the the owner of the company, but it could be someone on the corporate ladder, you know? Right. That, and I've I've been like, in so I've been in I've been in both scenarios. Right? Yes. I've been in a, a scenario where. I am trying to bring value to my boss, but mm-hmm. he doesn't let his boss know that it wasn't his idea or that it wasn't, you know, and I would just like, so how you get promoted is you always find a way to help your boss hit their goals. It's always about them. Mm-hmm. And eventually it will happen. But if you get like an insecure boss, when the, when the young and upcoming talent is in the house, they might feel a little bit of, a sense of right this guy's mm-hmm. trying to outshine me yeah so you know how you know what i've done in the past that's worked really well because i would i would do something and if it was successful when i'm in a public meeting with his boss i would be like yeah so and so you know my boss like tom had the idea or you know tom was willing to do this because he knew that would help you hit your goal and they'd be like, and then after the meeting, I'm like, hey, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. I'm like, well, I just want him to know that we're you and I are a team and we work together. And you know, it's yeah. both of our ideas. It might have been my idea initially, but you helped implement and execute it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really your thing. So I'm not outshining him. I'm helping him look good. Yes. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. It's a well, you're playing like on a win to win, you know, and then it kind of yeah. falls into it. And and if I'm talking directly to the owner. My my only goal is to help them hit their goals, mm-hmm. and I'll be taken care of eventually. Yeah, like some people are kind of scared to you know get into like let's say on the financial because they go more by numbers, right? Like okay, we need right. to finish. A lot of companies go by time, especially if it's a service a service company, right? They right. have a certain time to go because they have payroll in there and then expenses. And yeah, I don't. Yes, right now I haven't seen anybody ask, you know, or or actually focus on what's the target, what's the goal, and, and that's wish, and that's if I had someone like you, man, I obviously will keep you for a long time, you know, you'll be Eric, up there with me. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, the because I've been a manager, right? Mm-hmm. I know that being a manager or a boss is a lonely situation because you're just the boss, right? But if I if I tell the boss, and I've gotten promoted. Many times, but it's only by doing this one thing. Hey, boss, tell me about your goals. Mm-hmm. What What's important to you? How can I help you do it? That's great. That's it. Simple. No, it really, yeah. I mean, you break it so easy. I wish I, I mean, I guess I, 
I did well in the corporate letter because I just love doing it. You know, I didn't care. Right. I never care about, you know, the pay rate. I never did it for the money. I just loved it. And right. they see me trying it and I was, I'd be offered to do it, you know. Right. But I think if you, if I would approach with the goal, you know, the goal question, you know, I probably wouldn't be here. I'd probably be way up there with this drilling company instead, you yeah. know. Yeah. If you want to get promoted, you have to find out what your boss's goals are. Yeah. That's not great. only not only personally but with their job like what are your yes. goals and mm-hmm. how can i help you hit them right yes like, oh, not wow. only that if you have a team a team structure how can i help you reinforce your standards throughout the team mm-hmm. right so when you're gone i'm going to help you enforce your standards and your procedures because i know they're important to you you know because that's that's what you what are you hired for? You're hired to solve a pain. Yeah, I mean you're yeah, you're part of the team. You're you're supposed to solve a problem, you know, or help a service or build a product, which right. is contribute, you know, for society. So, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, so, I'm okay making my master or. <laughs> Is it called master? <laughs> well, in, in the book, yeah. Okay. I'm, o- I'm okay making my master look good. Oh. You okay with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're actually not outshining them. You know, you're actually shining them. So right. what you're doing, you're doing what the book rule says, you know, never outshine. I think outshine means never make them look down or never make them look less. Look and, stupid. Yeah. yeah. Don't make exactly. them look stupid just because you have a great idea. Yes. Yeah, so you're actually following up pretty good. So that answers my question. So and, and with, um, and here's another thing that like a manager would want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I worked, I was one, it was the entrepreneur and then me, I was his operations guy and I was trying to build a culture. So I would give my employees like incentives and stuff. And I would be like, Hey, Gary says, thank you. Gary says, good job. And then, and then I would go to Gary and I'd be like, Gary, I implemented all these um, things and I, I just, I wanted you to know that I told them that you appreciate them so we can build a good culture. He's like, oh, I never, I never thought about that. I thought you would want to take the credit for it. I'm like, no, not my company. I'm just the facilitator of your goals, but they need to know who the owner is so that they can buy into the, our, our processes. Yeah. You, you, here. yeah I'm smart. You're going to get, top head you know right probably not even telling the message i mean most times they won't you know right they're just too busy right they have like especially this guy he had 30 some franchises to manage wow so like does he have a time to focus for an entire week on one franchise uh, is he just state or he's is he a national now or uh he, he was three states three states but he he sold. What do you mean was so he's not no anymore or he's no he still, sold he sold he sold out mm. he sold out yeah I don't know what he's doing now I haven't followed up with him because when I went we went our separate ways we kind of had like a little bit of falling out uh, because he he hired someone parallel to me and we did not get along at all because she was so she was supposed to be doing the operations for all the all the clinics and all the chiropractic clinics so he had two different businesses under one umbrella. Um, but she would go around behind me and tell my team that sales were, that's not important. And my whole job was sales training. 
So every time I come back around, I'm like, yeah, Deanna said uh, that's not important. I'm like, and I thought it was just maybe rumors, right? Because employees are like looking for a, a way off the hook to not follow the processes or whatever. But yeah. it just kept happening. And then one day we just had a blowout. And and I didn't handle it as professionally as I could have. I was just young and aggressive. I'm like, what happened? Don't there? you? Else. What happened? I, I just told her, don't you step foot in any of my clinics. Don't talk to my people. Like, don't even think about you like and then um and then the guy and then my boss is like mike i'm disappointed in you he's like you need to understand something you're right i did hire the wrong person but the way you handled it was also wrong now what would the mike today would do back in that situation i would have uh not got so emotional about it mm-hmm. like because my whole identity was the guy that gets results because I, I I would win every sales contest, every, I grew like the clinics faster. I got out of that. So like a brand new clinic, right? I would get that thing out of the red in half the time of anybody else mm-hmm. because I just work my nuts off and like, just and your story sounds just like Arcadon, uh, Grand Cardone, you know, you're just right on his spot, you know, it's great. Cause he was also struggling pretty bad. And he right. jump into sales, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I, I kind of went to this process where meaning I want m- more meaning because I made a commitment to myself, and I guess you could say God that everything bad in my life I was going to use it for good somehow. So I people are like, oh, don't you want to like think about re- like retirement at some point? What are you going to do when you retire? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be building underdog coffee and books until they throw dirt on me period yeah because it's meaningful to me you know it's like something you give that underdog the right book at the right time a little spark of hope could change his whole life and i'm gonna do that till i die now would this be based on only um only uh self-help books or non-fiction you know be all kinds of books or mostly (laughs) mostly it's gonna be the books that are like about overcoming, you know, business, you know, philosophy, like those things mainly. You know, the people will love that because if you go to these bookstores, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, so many aisles of fiction books and fiction books, you know, you right. barely see any nonfiction books, you know. Well, what if, what if this too? What if Underdog walked in, right? Struggling. Mm-hmm. Let me get a cup of Joe. Oh, the person ahead of you actually bought a cup of coffee for you. Because you can add a dollar to your bill and buy a cup of coffee for an underdog that can't afford it right now. Then they're going to do that at some point when they're on their feet. But not only that, what if an underdog walked in and I gamify I gamify the, the buying experience? They walk in, hey, let me get a cup of coffee. All right, excellent. Roll this dice. And if you get uh, if you get double sixes, you get to pick a shirt and your coffee's free today. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> right? You're gonna come back because there's always a chance to win, right? So I'm putting yeah. all these all these things in my head like, hmm, how do casinos operate? How do video games operate? Yeah, that's well, they go off yeah, dopamine uh, sensations. How how can I get this yeah. underdog that needs to be in an environment like this? How can I get him back into the environment the most often? 
Okay, you have um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in your in your business now. You have a, a, a like a date? Do you would like to open this up or I for date? So I'm I because so I have a wife and everything, and I'm like mm-hmm. the reason I am working nine to five is to like provide a a little bit of stability for my wife, mm-hmm. you know, and health insurance and like all these things that are super expensive on your own. And I just happened to accidentally work for a great company i went through a crisis because i'm like i'm an entrepreneur i don't want to be working and i went through this big depression thing and like eventually i just like okay my wife believed in me when i wasn't like the best guy on a resume to marry like i gotta prove her right i gotta give her i gotta help her hit her goals but at the same time my because her goals are easier than mine have a kid have a nice stable home to live in a place where she can host for her friends. My goal is to make a difference. Right. Your goal is hard, but yeah, she's right. I mean, but it's like, it's like there's certain, you know, certain notches that are easy, you know, get a house, a nice house, nice yard. Mm -hmm. Boom. Get that. Right. Try to have kids. If you can't have kids, adopt kids. And then, and then that process starts over building the kids up. Right. Mm -hmm. But my goals are like, I want to change the world. Want, I want to help underdogs believe in themselves and I want to do it for the rest of my life. So my goal is like lifelong, you know? So it's easier to like put her goals first and then jump into mine. But like, so I'm 38. I really wanted to get it done. I wanted to get it started by the time I was 40, but I can, I can do it anytime. It's just like figuring out the right people that I want to get involved in. Like my, so my brother, I wouldn't quit my job right away, obviously. But my brother, my brother would work for peanuts and run the thing. And Mm -hmm. during that whole process, his only job would be like to get us out of the red and to recruit the next GM to find the next GM and talk about the best recruiting place ever, a personal development bookstore, coffee shop. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some underdog in there that's like ready to just take this thing over, you know? And then as soon as we get to the point where we can leverage up, we'll open the next one. So, you know, I would like to say from, let's just say from today, I, you know, 24 months, 36 months. I don't know. It's all, it's all up in the air, but I've made the decision like two or three years ago. I'm just trying to figure out a way to get there Mm -hmm. and the right team around me and the right, you know, it's never going to be perfect. I understand that. Well, nobody's nobody's born perfect. Just put it that way. Right. Right. And then COVID hit and I'm like, okay. And then it taught me a lesson. How can I be so anti-fragile that I get better during a situation like COVID so that I come out on the other side, right? That'd be the online stuff, delivery, Mm -hmm. whatever, like implementing different processes where we can get, you know, and not only that, it's going to affect the community so much because I just got to post a Instagram status. Hey, underdog coffee and books. We're in an emergency situation. Come drink coffee. Keep the doors open. You know, like, because we'd have such a loyal following that it just. Yeah, it's a great funnel. I mean, you're building, what you're building is still growing. No, I can, I've been watching you. I mean, you were up, you're past 10,000 now, right? Are you close to 10,000? Close, getting close. But the whole whole idea was, let me start with an online presence. Mm -hmm. Let me start from there. That way, you know, I'm like, 
Well, if I get enough followers, people start sending me free books. I like books. I'm going to write a book. I could use the platform to sell the book. Like, so I thought, I I always think in leverage, Eric. What's the one thing I can do that would benefit multiple things? Yeah, leverage. Yeah, so then I was like, if I build that up, maybe I could do a crowdfunding or, you know, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take out a loan and just add a a payment. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's dumb. So maybe in between like, uh, partners or crowdfunding, we can w- figure something out to get the doors open. But I've done a lot of research, and if you really want to make it past year one, you probably need about a hundred thousand somewhere in there. Mm. You know, you could do it with you could do it with fifty. Yeah, but you just have to work your ass off, and I'm I w- I would only be I would be in the area. And I would be checking on it every single day and driving it, you know, but I'm not going to be able to just quit my job and be like, yeah, I have enough of my savings to live for the next year. You know, you're going to have a lot of hats on you, you know, the the management, the the sales, you know, the marketing, everything on there, you know, once you grow, you know, you take each hat and give it to each person, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I I want to make a difference. I'll be, I'll be glad to see a underdog bookstore. Here in Oklahoma City, that'd be awesome. Probably right. Texas. Right. Are you in Florida right now, right? Is that right? Or no, you're no, in, I'm in I'm I'm back in Minneapolis, but I was in Florida was visiting in Florida. my my brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh how many days were you out there in Florida? How do you see uh, is everything pretty crazy over there? Like change wise, like actually more freedom, like there's oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Way more freedom. Yeah. Way more freedom. Florida's kind of wild, wild, wild west. <laughs> That's yeah, that's my kind of place, you know. Because I'm actually going, <laughs> I'm probably going Florida at 17. I, it's not confirmed yet, but I do want to take a look at it and see what's going on out there. Because mm-hmm. it's in everybody's work. Everybody's talking about Florida, so right, right, or Texas, mm-hmm. or Texas. Florida and Texas, yeah, are the hot spots. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll so see. yeah, dude, it was great talking to you. I know. We're going to do it again. Hey, I'm down for it, you know. And uh, looking forward, hopefully, uh, I'll be hitting you up about, you know, this underdog books. And I'm, I want to be part of it, you know. If yeah. if I'm welcome, of course, I want to help somehow. Because right. uh, I've been with me and my other partner, you know, we've we actually been talking something about coffee. You know, we, we love coffee mm-hmm. too. And we mentioned, you know, about maybe one day try sell some coffee but he's not committed there's nothing big you know but yeah and we, we could we could white we could find great sources and yep. we could white label white label coffee mm-hmm. underdog underdog brew right here let's go um, you know I'm, I'm actually like every morning i i don't know if you heard of bulletproof coffee yeah i drink bulletproof coffee every morning and he, he came from head head strong by dave yeah. but uh but I mean, I've, after that, I've been on, I've been on that, on those coffee. That's it. Well, the prof diet. Well, he's the author. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But what's, yeah, is I'm, there any more, that's the biggest drug in America. Coffee. Caffeine. Coffee. Yeah. And it's legal. Right. <laughs> it's legal right now. Right. Right. So. And, and we know how to market. We know yes. marketing. We just, we'll figure something out. Well, uh, I, yeah, I, we, we can, I, we can talk more. I mean, because yes. I don't. Most of the people that I run with are 
under underdogs that aren't in a position to, you no, know, they're still in the going to be, there's a huge market. They're going to look for a bookstore that is a nonfiction or business or personal development only book kind of store, you know, there's right. And just like Amazon, you know, when he started it, the reason he did books is because there's a huge majority. I mean, there's all kinds of books out there. Yeah. Now, if you start splitting this thing up, you know, you're kind of categorized one kind of uh, readers, you know, which is it's a, a niche. ton of them. It's a ton of them. That's so smart. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. I'm, yeah, I, I would love it's to jump in. I think and it's then, hey, not only that, on Friday nights, we can have a little section in the store where we put up a projector and we watch uh, The Pursuit of Happiness with everybody or The Men Who I Built America for free. Come on in. Yeah. You want a coffee like, while you're here? Sounds like an awesome place that I would love to go and buy a book or find a book or even have time to chill. You can have like, you know, even some meetings in there. I mean, right. who knows? Everything that entrepreneurs want and need mm-hmm. can be in this little bookstore, right? Places for people to work on their computers, read a book. We'll watch an inspiring movie every Friday night. Like, because yeah. you have that feeling, you know. Every time I go to this this one bookstore, you know, and I'm not really a fan of it, but it's like the only bookstore that's that, that's getting big, which is Barnes and Nobles. I mean, you can feel there's different kind of people there. You know, there's not your kind of people all the time, and it's not like I hate people, but it's just like. Right for some reason you no know, it's harder for me to find a book in there right so but I you really, know where your people are they're in the business section they're in the personal development section yeah. they're in the biography it's really small i don't know if you, i don't know if you witnessed right. that but they're oh, not trust really big. Me. yeah i know everything else is big right but yeah. what if you walked into a personal development coffee shop i know that's what you need they, you jump in all the people in there would be your people that's that's exactly where's small point you know that'd be awesome I'm down for that. I kind of like that idea. And uh, I'm looking forward to talk to you about it, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more. We can uh, we can set up a call maybe sometime next week and I just guess. just chop it up. And then um, we'll just go from there. Um, so I will have, I will have yeah. some 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 empty, hopefully in the future, some empty spots, you know, or, or locations, you know, uh, for leads. Right. Yeah. 